Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. Did you just say Raptors? Hey! You're not hauling Raptors on this freighter, are you? I'm hauling Raptors. So we start off the 20 where Han hears a sound uh, from this large ship that they're on. Uh, and there's apparently a gang there to settle their debt. They want to get the money that Han owes them. Uh, Han tells Ray and Finn to hide under the floorboards. Uh, and when the when Han tries to get out of paying these this gang, he essentially is uh, double teamed by the other gang that he borrowed money from, and they're both here to essentially put down the galaxy's biggest swindler once and for all. To further complicate the confrontation, this three-way confrontation, uh, one of the other gangsters notices that uh, Han has BB-8, who is the droid that it's the word has gotten out that the first order is looking for this droid. So kind of. Uh, a physical altercation breaks loose and the Rathtars are released to kind of uh, rescue Han. Yeah, uh, they try and close him off into his own room, but... Ray does, yeah. uh, mechanically. But she, her plan kind of backfires. She actually closes the wrong doors and just traps them all in the same corridor. So they're they're just meant to, to run. the Rathtar doors, yeah. Right, to run away from the Rathtars. Uh, so essentially, uh, Finn gets caught by one of the Rathars, uh, Ray goes back to the control panel, redeems herself, and times it perfectly to sever one of the tentacles, freeing Finn. Uh, they all decide that, okay, let's get off this ship and save our lives. They board the Millennium Falcon, and they leave the two gangs behind to essentially try and make themselves free from the Rathars. You do see, though, that the leader of one of the gangs has gotten free and has reported that Han Solo has the droid that the First Order is looking for. Um, and that they're with the two fugitives. Uh, then they're escaping, and they're on their way to Takadano, uh, where Han essentially is telling them about the Force, the Jedi, and all of it being true, uh, and that they need to go meet one of Han's old friends there. When they land, before they uh, go to Maz's castle, Han, in a rare moment of tenderness, offers Rey a job as... Uh, Considers offering her a job. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit... Uh, He's a little flaky about it, but he's he's doing his best to offer Ray the position of second mate aboard the Millennium Falcon. He's been considering getting a crew together. She is flattered by the offer, but she ultimately says no because she's still stuck on this. I got to get back to Jakku in case my family returns kind of mentality. Mm. And so they leave it at that. They march into Maz's castle and we kind of have the Force Awakens version of the cantina scene. Yeah, Maz uh, is introduced to Finn and Rey. Uh, Maz and Finn kind of argue about how beatable the First Order is. Um, Finn essentially reveals to the group that he just wants to leave and get away from all of it. He tells Rey that he's not part of the Resistance. He asks her to come with him. She declines and that she wants to finish her mission that she set out for uh, in delivering BB-8, uh, ultimately because of the, the Luke Skywalker side of things. And she's already caught up in it. And now it's the first thing she's been caught up in her whole life. And that's it, right? That's, that's the 20. 20. And it was pretty good. For, for context of our viewers, uh, our listeners, the 20 stops the second before Ray hears whispers from the basement. That's right. And I'll just say now, uh, just aside from the 20, um, we're going to talk about the 20 and then we're going to get to what's probably like the biggest Star Wars Newsweek in like two years. Probably, yeah. Um, so uh, just in the interest of getting this podcast out as quickly as possible so we can we can have fairly relevant preview reviews, I'm not going to do a lot of post-production on this podcast. There's not going to be a lot of uh, little clips from, from the movie. So because um, it's very exciting and I can't wait to talk about that. I actually thought this 20 was pretty good. Uh, of course, the Rathtar scene is easily extracted. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I, in fact, it's easily forgotten for being such an action-packed scene. It's I like, really don't like it. It's, it. it doesn't matter. It's a huge waste. I think that you could have, it, it's fine to, ha to 
demonstrate that Han is back to his old ways of being a shady shyster and mm-hmm. and brokering bad deals and there's a price on his head. Like it's fine to show that things haven't really changed that much, but I don't think we needed to involve monsters. Like I'd rather no. just see him face to face with some gangsters or yeah. some or some aliens. Yeah, and like it like I like the fact that there's kind of like the the alien dialect which is very classic Star Wars. It's a very Star Warsy 20. It is. Except the Rathars aren't. Uh, they're right. a failed attempt at Creature of the Black Lagoon. They're a failed attempt at the Dianoga uh, from A New Hope in the Garbage Compactor. It's not, right. it's, 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 they were trying to go for that. And you and I mentioned before how they, there isn't any of those scenes so far in like the same way it was in like Dagobah. Like there hasn't really or been, uh, well, yeah, there hasn't been really a Creature of the ba- a Black Lagoon or like kind of like there's always bigger fish moment. Um, and this was... I think their attempt at that, but a, a big failure. Plus, it, it was really corny at times, like when he spits out a boot, he burps out a boot. The yes. Rastar. I don't. I'm not into that. No. That's very childish. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think of the other gangs, though? Like the guy with the thick Scottish brogue. Yes. Um, I like both gangs. I think they work. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any problem with them. And also, the tense dialogue between them is mm-hmm. very Han Solo, and it's very likable. Oh, yeah. uh, I do have to say, though, Han's uh, Han's line. Uh, same thing I always do. Talk my way out of it. Yes, I do. Every time. Right. When Chewie's like rolling his eyes a little bit. <laughs> or have I ever lied to you before? Have I ever steered you wrong before? And then there's like an alien grunt and he goes, what was the second time? Yeah, that was another one that was really good. <laughs> uh, and then right before that, he says, I used to have a bigger crew. Uh, get below and stay there until I say so. And don't even think about taking the Falcon. I used to have a bigger crew means that they've all been killed by the Rathtars too. <laughs> right. That's a good point. What are Rathtars and why are they being moved? In this instance, they're being sold, uh, okay. and they're smuggled, and so Rathars are just, they're monsters. They're just muscle. Yep. Yeah. They're they, monsters. They're just, like... For a lunatic, probably. Like like the way some uh, Scarface-type character might have a pet tiger. They're yeah, just, like, exactly. a scary thing that you might want to own. Uh, I have a trivia question regarding that. Okay. Um, so... Am I going to give it to you now? Actually, no. I'm going to say, okay. I, w- I won't give you that trivia question. Well, anyway, who is Han delivering the Rathars to? I don't know. King Prana. Okay. And so I'll give you a different master question, but All King right. Prana is who he's supposed to be delivering them to. So I'm guessing King Prana is like a sadistic leader of like some evil world. overlord. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Han has a lot of great uh, Han Solo dialogue, which I guess they, they wanted to do. They, they were probably very careful in writing his, because this is, the, you know, our first Han Solo return. Um, yeah. When uh, when he and Ray are kind of bantering about how they can get away as quickly as possible, she says, is that even possible? And he says, I never asked myself that question until after I've done it, mm-hmm. which is a great line. That is a great line. Uh, there's another couple good Han things. Uh, I wouldn't be nice to you. It doesn't pay much when he's talking to Ray. <laughs> I wouldn't be nice to you. Which is great. <laughs> the whole Rathtar thing is interesting because I lost perspective for just a minute about where they were because the the falcon is is involved here but they're not aboard the falcon anymore they're just aboard the bigger they thing they get that, away on the falcon that's right but i don't think i really noticed them come off the falcon and so for the for the briefest minute you're like is all this rathstar stuff happening on the falcon it can't be because the rathstars are were, huge were and they weren't on jakku no but for a second i'm starting to think like is the millennium falcon way bigger than i thought it was the millennium and falcon is huge it is but- and then except for that it's never looked that big to me and in this 20 later on we get a wider shot of the room where you play chess mm-hmm. which is a room we've seen before but it didn't look as big in a new hope it looks much bigger in this movie i think than all that to say i think the millennium falcon looks bigger in this movie like cinematographically okay that's uh, that's possible i mean 
logically it being a little bit of a cramped space before like ship wise when you compare the size of it to other ships it makes sense that it does have certainly some living quarters um and you can see kind of it's interesting like the lego scale one is for example it is an eight thousand piece lego set right true and that is the scale millennium falcon to a lego person so it's pretty damn big wow yeah Yeah, that is big because a standard millennium falcon that you're gonna buy at like toys r us for like 250 bucks those are 1500 pieces Okay. And so the to scale one is massive. <laughs> no kidding. And so detailed. Yeah, I bet that's amazing. Oh, I bet it's the coolest thing ever. That and like the $600 Death Star, which looks super cool. As and well. it must be the size of the area rug you're sitting on. Uh, no, it's big, but not nearly. It's not huge. It's not, it's like, because you got to keep in mind, it, it is still scaled to the Lego person. So, I mean, that's it's big, I mean. but not. It's not massive. I guess. I guess. Okay. Uh, some also good uh, banter just between all of the Han, Ray, and Finn. Sort of. Uh, the map's not complete. It's just a piece. Ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Why did he leave? He was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him, destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. Do you know what happened to him? A lot of rumors, stories, people that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. Yeah, the whole Han Force monologue is really special. And then there's, yeah, the Jedi were real. I used to wonder that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo, a magical power holding together good and evil, a dark side and the light. Crazy thing is, it's true. The Force, the Jedi, all of it. It's all true. No, you rest. You want my help? You're getting it. Uh, Gonna go see an old friend. And then blah, blah, blah. She'll get your droid home. It's really nice because what it shows is that Han is still the same. Like he references, I used to wonder about that myself. Like he kind of mm. uh, vaguely alludes to the fact that he wasn't always a believer in this mumbo jumbo himself. Uh, but it, it's a nice way of showing that he's the same Han Solo while also showing that he's changed. But it, it shows that like his son has the force. Right. So, which we also learn in this 20. Yeah. Which so, we left out of our recap. That's true. We yeah. do. We did totally left out all the Snoke shit. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Snoke conversation between Kylo and they were essentially discussing that there hasn't been an awakening in the force. Have you felt it? Yes, I feel it. Uh, and then there was also a very, very brief uh, little tidbit at the end of the 20 where we have Kylo talking to Vader's mask. Right. Man. Um, yeah. I wanted to specifically say that because I have something to talk about that in, in a little bit too. Um Okay, well, while we're on the subject, let me just say yeah. that because before we started recording, you mentioned some lines that you think are positive contenders for this episode. And you might be right, but there's a the, a line that Snoke says, and it's his first line ever in Star Wars that I think is pretty pertinent, especially today, the day of the release of the official Rise of Skywalker trailer. He says, the droid will soon be delivered to the Resistance, leading them to the last Jedi. If Skywalker returns, the new Jedi will rise. Yep. And so that he references and later three titles later, he says there's been an awakening. So in two lines, he says all three titles and that is cool. Yep. A lot of people actually did suspect specifically that um, it would have to deal with rise in the title because of that Snoke line, because people did piece together those two other ones and figured, well, it's gotta be something maybe in there. I mean, people didn't really think it would be the stretch that it was the rise of Skywalker, but people were kind of going off that. Right. And so it is interesting. And, uh, Snoke is super, I have to say Snoke being the massive, uh, hologram, in my opinion, one of the winners of the 20, I think it looks super cool. I know. And I always forget that, I guess, because like, did we know that he was a hologram at this point? Well, you find out in this 20 cause he disappears. You don't, you don't oh, know. He's, right. You don't know. He's huge. You don't know. He's not necessarily huge though. Right. And you don't even not necessarily know that in the last Jedi. Because the first time you see him, his face is gigantic. That's true. And so he's all, he's like he's projecting to everyone that he's huge almost. Uh-huh. So I don't know whether that's something that's known 
and whether he's supposed to be like a giant in the mindset of the first order. Because not unlike the emperor, he he is pretty unseen by the general public. Oh, exactly, very much so. And he's still huge. You think he's? I think he's supposed to be like canonically like eight or nine feet tall. Right. Right. Uh, but I mean, he he's like forty feet tall in this. Right. I I thought that 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 Snoke's yeah his whole first set of lines are really pertinent and interesting. Um, what does it say about Han and the way his character has changed that he so quickly offers Ray that job or indirectly offers her that job? Because this is a character who has never trusted people quickly. Well, that's the thing. And there's, it, it's a tough one because this 20 really, really, really hammers home that Han sh- should know who Ray is. Okay. Like the, the thing that I think the title should be is who's the girl? Yeah. Maz asks Han, who's the girl? And then it cuts away. That implying that, also, that Han knows things. Han, the yeah. look on Han's face when Ray says, I never knew there was this much green in the galaxy. It's so guilty and sad looking. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's really, really noticeable. The look on Harrison Ford's face. It's Do you think ju- they it, told Harrison? I think they must have told him something because yeah. there's no way he would like. Well, I was, shouldn't say that, but I mean, you could take sympathy on someone who's lived on a shitty planet their entire life. But he chose to react in a certain he, way. He looks sad and guilty. Yeah. Um. And then there's also uh, the fact that he warms to her so damn quickly. Yeah. And wants her to stick around specifically, like almost like this will give you the opportunity to kind of you know Han, who always pushes people away. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. And so it just, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense in that regard, but there's definitely some things to hint that Han knows a lot about her, and then you would think Leia would, and then it's like a matter of who the fuck is she? And yeah, so. w- when Maz says, who's the girl, this is this is yet another instance of uh, incentivizing to us or, or, or implying to us that she is significant, which I guess is, maybe that's one of the reasons, that's one of the few things I agree with the haters on when it comes to The Last Jedi. I like The Last Jedi. I think that it's a imperfect movie, hmm. but most of the big criticisms I don't agree with, and that is yeah. one, the, the the disappointment that Rey is nobody. That, that And I, now I think that's going to be fixed anyway, so I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, I, I think it's... I'm very much of the mindset that that thing, I didn't even give a shit. I don't give a shit about that. The raise and nobody thing. Okay. Because it, it was so fucking obvious that it wasn't going to be the whole story. No, that's true. Like it, anyone who thought it was and was pissed about that, I just, I'm dumbfounded because this is a trilogy. Right. And they've built this up so much and it's not going to be this lame ass reveal of, you know it already. Yeah, they were drunk and they left. Like that's yeah, it, sure. I mean, Does, that's what they both think probably. Uh-huh. Kylo definitely. He's not. I don't. He's not tricking her like some people think, which is stupid. He he, a one hundred percent thinks that's the case. Yes, you're probably right. But um, I think Ryan Johnson confirmed that. Okay. Um, but it just wouldn't make sense. They're in each other's head. Okay, so if if Ma's asking Han who's the girl implies that Han knows who the girl is. Does it also imply that Maz knows who the girl is? She's asking, like, is that who I think it is, right? Um, maybe, but she would definitely know who it is in the next 20 when the lightsaber calls to her. That's right. And Maz, that's a story for another day. Yes, it is. Which means a lot, potentially. I mean, there's a who knows how she got that saber, but maybe it's connected to Ray in some way, shape, or form. 
Uh, yes, and we have more to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's not even in the twenty. You're right. Yeah, that's there's lots, and I just mean later in today's true podcast. Uh, some good uh, Maz lines. The the scream of Han Solo. Right. And then um, where's my boyfriend? I like that Wookie. I don't like that. That's one of my take backs. Really? I don't like Maz's weird chewy crush. Oh, I like it a lot. Okay. I think I don't know why. I think it's just it's a great opposite of the way everybody else reacts to Chewie. Like this big walking carpet, the Leia hated about it. Uh, Luke trying to put the cuffs on Chewie in A New Hope and it not working. Finn was getting in a huge brawl with Chewie when Chewie got hurt and Finn was trying to help him on the Falcon. I guess that's fair. It does kind of show to us very quickly that that Maz is wise because Mm. she doesn't see Chewie as either ferocious or uh, in the way, which most people do. True. And this is interesting also because this was a slightly longer scene where we literally see um, Chewie rip the arms out of someone's sockets like yeah. we've been told that he could do for so long. He's also pretty rough with Finn in this 20. Yeah, he is. But like that was supposed to happen in Maz's cantina where he rips someone's arm off. Right. So he's still a little bit of a crazy person, but Maz loves him and he's uh, got a heart of gold. So uh, The music in this 20 was not uh, written by... Da, 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 it was written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And J.J. loves to take credit for his involvement in it too. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> I'm sure he was... You mean J.J. also co-wrote the melody? Yeah, they wrote it with him. Right. Um, the other interesting insight that Maz has that seems to be kind of cryptic is when Finn is arguing about whether or not Mm. they can take on the first order. And she says, I've seen eyes like this before or something to that effect. She says, uh, you've been around long enough. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. I'm looking at the eyes of a man who wants to run. Okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean literally she knows something significant? Because last week we talked about the possibility that Finn might be force sensitive too. Uh, It's possible, and I think there's a chance that that's a setup, but at the same time, it could be a reference to Han. Han ran in A New Hope. He came back at the last minute and saved Luke in the trench run, but he ran away. And so there's a chance that it's a bit of a throw to the fact that, like, Right. repetition occurs the same way that the first order has risen the way the empire has she's basically just like it's it might just be a bit of a i'm i'm wiser than you in yes, this situation but finn is not a runner which is what's ironic about him being a chronic defector yeah he does not go away from what is hardest no that's definitely true he's he's worked certainly himself to the bone to get where he is to get out of the first order situation in right. the last two days well when he goes after ray in the last jedi that was not the easy thing to do no no it's not it's would result in him dying definitely and he probably knew that but to call someone a runner implies cowardice and i don't think that is the whole story so i'm, I'm curious about that yeah it's definitely it definitely sparks anger in finn yes uh, and so potentially that's why she said it maybe she was that was the whole reason she's force sensitive yeah. so we know that well, to what extent, though? She's Force-sensitive. She cannot use the Force, but she understands the Force. Can she feel it? She can, like, yeah. she's, she's monk-like about it. Well, the thing is, the Force, it connects, it binds all of us together. And so an ability to, to feel the Force, but not necessarily act to its will or be able to manipulate your surroundings uh, based on the Force's will um, I, I can kind of be a difference. So, I mean, maybe she... Similar to the way Chirrut... Uh, he would be further on the spectrum than Maz. I right. Think, I would think. Well, because he's physically more capable than she yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And because he has one less sense, and so it's heightening the rest of him as well. Okay. So she's not, like, really highly sensitive, and that's how she's so powerful? She just happens to be, like, a good people person? Yeah, I mean, also, if you're a thousand years old, I think it's just... She's, it's, it's supposed to indicate that she's wise, she knows a lot, she has access to all of the secrets 
of our main characters. Um, I have no idea what her role is going to be in The Rise of Skywalker at all. She was barely in The Last Jedi. I, I know. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, but it would make sense to put her on Batu, mm-hmm. which is Galaxy's Edge. And it's supposed to be the kind of thieves sort of area and like right. a bit of a scum and villainy uh, pirate-like area. So it would work for where, for her to be uh, and potentially a trading post for finding out new recruits for the resistance or something. Two interesting Kylo Ren lines. One at the end when he's talking to the crumpled Darth Vader helmet, which is of course very exciting. And you hear that Imperial March come in in these ominous tones. Uh, he says, show me grandfather and I will finish what you started. So we don't know exactly. You can kind of put two and two together and figure out what he means by what you started. But that line I specifically wanted to talk about because you didn't have the full line. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, Forgive me. I feel it again. The pull to the light. Mm -hmm. Supreme leader senses it. Show me again Mm -hmm. the power of the dark side. So he's gotten something from... What he believes to be the spirit of yes. his grandfather, but yes. is probably Palpatine. Yes. Um, and I will let nothing stand in our way. Show me, grandfather, and I will finish what you started. Ugh. And so, it like, show me again. Now, I'm going to... No, I'll jump to that later. But okay. show me again. Like, that's You're right. Telling. I, I didn't think about again. That is I had never really heard the again. Yeah. Even, the first... even, even show me without the again is still like, show him how. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... It, it's really interesting. It, it intrigues me for what potentially could come from that. And so there's also, there's uh, some other great lines. So uh, he's had maybe a visit from who appears to be uh, Force Ghost Vader. Maybe. But probably wasn't. Probably wasn't. Probably wasn't. Let's chat about it in a sec. Well, now, when he says uh, Supreme Leader knows it, he's referencing to the uh, two lines he had with, with Snoke, where he says, by the grace of your training, I will not be seduced. Mm-hmm. Which I think is just a really... It's a great, great really line. poetic, beautiful... Yeah, beautiful Even writing. you, master of the Knights of Ren, have never faced such a test. Right. There's something more. The droid we seek is aboard the Millennium Falcon in the hands of your father, Han Solo. He means nothing to me. And so, nice. like, that... The whole Snoke and Kylo Ren thing is phenomenal. It's really good. I liked Snoke more than I ever have in this 20. I just found him really interesting. Oh, he's a super interesting character. Uh, uh, you want to do trivia? Uh, yeah, let's do trivia. Great okay, Pat, one question for you. This is super easy. What does Han separately gift to both Finn and Rey? Guns. Yeah, but I never noticed before that he gave Finn a gun, so I figured that was it's worth it. It's the same gun Finn uses consistently as well, uh, yeah. and he was given it by Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, cool. As yeah. a as like a yeah, as a final keepsake. gift, as a final gift sort of thing. Is that nice. he got it in a crate? And he showed it online of him opening it, and he was pumped. That's cool, but it's not an iconic fixture. It's not an iconic Star Wars prop. No, but it's iconic for him. And I'm sure it's going to be very visible throughout the Rise of Skywalker. He, if it's I were just him, not that vis- it's just not that interesting of a looking weapon. If I were him, I'd rather have the Stormtrooper helmet with the bloody handprint on it. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Okay. What do you got for um, me? So for you, I have, let's see. How many Wrath Tars was Han transporting? Oh, um, seven? Three. Only three. You know, I wanted to say three, but it didn't seem right. It didn't seem right. I would have no. expected it to be more. I would have guessed four or five. Right. Had I not paid known, attention. known there was three and paid right. it. Yeah. Um, you got a night? Oh, a night question for you. Uh, what did Unkar Plutt install in the Millennium Falcon that caused Han to say he hates that guy? A fuel pump. A fuel pump. I, but how does that... It, well, how is that going to be a problem for them? Like it was keeping fuel out of the Falcon? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it prevented the ability to go into 
hyperspeed and that's what the thing they were like i right. think like, the ability to just jump immediately to it i don't i don't really know i don't know how ships work uh and then ray bypassed the compressor as well I bypassed the compressor with like a so big, happy gleeful prideful smile yeah and han's like wow that's pretty good yeah um <laughs> all right who's this kid yeah uh my night question how much did han borrow for the rathtar job two million hundred thousand yeah i was guessing entirely yeah fifty thousand from both okay all right, master question. Uh, who infiltrates the Falcon? The name of the gang specifically. The first gang. The first gang is the Guavian Death Gang. Yep. Uh, that's led by Balatik, mm-hmm. who is, uh, he looks identical to a very well-known Star Wars podcaster or just podcaster in general, comedian. His name's Mark Ellis. Okay. And so when kind of The Force Awakens was first on and really the kind of Mark Ellis and a lot of the people in that community were really pumping it up. And so when people saw this character, people were floored. They thought it was him. They thought it was him. They look identical except for the insane Scottish accent. Uh, Do you have a problem with the Scottish accent? No, not at all. I don't either, because we've got British accents all through Star Wars. Exactly. Ewan McGregor doesn't use one in Star Wars, though, does he? Uh, No, he's he's a British accent. Because Alakin obviously isn't British. Yeah. Um, Holy shit, we have to talk about that, too. That. We'll oh. get into that in a second. Oh, my God. Uh, your master question. That was it. Oh, that was I your master you, question. I gave you three questions. Uh, okay, this is uh, definitely... Uh, oh, and the other one was Kanja Club and Tasu Leech is right, the leader. I, I, know, I know Kanja Club. They say it like five times in four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Kanja Club. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is one that I will be blown away if you get. Sure. Never heard of it. Never heard the line before, but had to put it in because I'd never heard it before. Uh, from where were Han and Chewie followed by the gangs? I don't know. Nantoon. Nantoon. Okay. And that's a new place you've never heard of elsewhere? Never heard of it elsewhere. Never heard the line before. Never paid attention. But they must have followed us from Nantoon or something like that. Do you have anything else from this 20? I don't think much, but just the little back and forth. Uh, Hey, Solo, I'm not sure what we're walking into here. Did you just call me Solo? Sorry, Han. Uh, You should know I'm a big deal in the resistance, which puts a real target on my back. Are there any conspirators here, like First Order sympathizers? Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Which is clearly like a Leia reference. Are we referencing anything in particular? Does he ever famously lie to Leia? No. It's just but like he's a, just a liar. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> he's and, a famous liar. <laughs> and also, she, Leia tamed was him. That and she was never uh, one to suffer fools. No. <laughs> no, he knew that like he had to get his shit together to, for Leia. Right. And exactly. He well, yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah, and well, that this is the regression in that, of course. Exactly. But no, that's let's it. Let's get into the news okay. and the fun stuff. Okay, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start at Kenobi. Okay, sure. Uh, and then we'll do the other two Disney Plus ones after that. We'll because just... you had said at the end of the podcast last week, look, we can expect a, a, an announcement for Kenobi. It's, 100%. It's that for sure. We can expect an announcement on Friday or Saturday. Sure enough, it came on Friday night, I think, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's LA, so that's, or California, so that's the reason why it came so later on. But uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor. He was there. Yeah. And so it's real. Did you see what happened? No. So he comes out on stage after Kathleen Kennedy kind of, she introduces it in a way that I I, I just watched it because I wanted, and nobody really talked about this part online, but she introduced it in a way of talking about through fibs and like long, like a waiting a long time. And so she, she prefaced it with fibs and um, brought Ewan McGregor out and, uh, he, he said, Kathleen, ask me again if I'm going to be playing <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. Right. 
Ewan, are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again in Star Wars? And he just looks to the audience with a giant grin. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and he was so like thrilled. Uh, and then he mentioned after that something that I don't know if people realized, but he's definitely been in talks for a solid four years. I, I have no doubts about that. I, I've noticed about that either. Because of the strategy with which he would always evade that question. Exactly. He has always known something is in the pipeline. But I bet more than anything, he's excited to not have to be cryptic anymore. Well, he said right after that, the number of times I had to answer a question with, uh, oh, well, if they're ever, like, I'd be very up for it if they ever want to reach out. Right. But then Kathleen Kennedy saying prefaced by fibs. So my guess is he has been... Locked and loaded with this since The Force Awakens. They've just changed it around a shit ton of times. The plan has changed a few times. Certainly at one point it was going to be a movie. 100% was going to be a movie at one yeah, point. Yeah, I like it more as a TV series. Definitely agree. Six like parts? Uh, that's not... I don't think that's confirmed, confirmed. Okay. But I've, I've heard that a lot of places. And for the most part, we don't know for sure if this is going to be true across the board, but from what we know about Disney Plus series thus far, they're going to be released on a weekly basis. They're not going to do the dump model of Netflix and Amazon Prime. Correct. Cool. Uh, they are starting with the Mandalorian with two, and they may do that for other things. My guess is not. My and then is, weekly. Uh, and then weekly, yes. Uh, also, uh, it is eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Right. So it's pretty much a midway point, but still leaning towards our Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan as opposed to the Alec Guinness one, which makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, and it also leans towards maybe a time in which he still does not know about Vader yet. Right. That's eight years possible. is a long time. Yep. But... It's possible. And also, potentially, that Luke is a little kid now. I thought about that, too. Like, we talked about how Joel Edgerton should play uh, Owen Lars in this movie. But does that mean we cast an eight-year-old to play baby Luke Skywalker? Potentially. I guess. Potentially, that's part of the plot, that Luke is kidnapped or something. Who knows? Oh, that would be weird. Yeah, I think that would be weird. I don't like it at all. But my worry is that it's not going to be Vader as the man antagonist. It's going to be a different he's going to have to resolve something on Tatooine. And I really don't want that. Honestly, I'm okay if it's not like a big action shoot 'em up adventure. Like, oh yeah. This can be a character study. Definitely. I'm, I'm into an acting performance from Ewan. I think most people want that for yeah. this one. This is like going to be that final thing that wraps up a lot of those major characters. Right. Like that's one of the, like the only kind of gray areas is what the fuck did he do for 20 years? Right. And so we're going to find out. Okay. Uh, so that's all we have to say about Kenobi. Really, yeah. There's not much else to say. It's going to be at least two years before we see it. But it's filming next year. Okay. They have the scripts. Great. So that's really good. I would be surprised if it's not released in some point in 2021. But that's fine. We get lots of stuff in the meantime. We're not going to oh, be definitely. bored. Uh, it'll probably... I don't know if it... I, it wouldn't surprise me if it came out before Cassian. Wow. Wouldn't shock for, me. I always forget about Cassian. A uh, little bit on Cassian. Uh, three years before Rogue One. Okay. Uh, Diego Luna let slip that uh, he asked Kathleen Kennedy on stage, can we give them the title? And she said no. Okay. (laughs) So there is a title, but he can't give it. The rumored... That's fine. That's harmless. No, I know. Uh, The rumored title is Fulcrum. Oh, okay. The Fulcrum agents were a very, like, specific... Like secretive sleeper cell of agents in the rebellion, uh, Ahsoka Tano was one of the lead fulcrum agents. Okay, uh, and so uh, I th- I think Cassian was a fulcrum agent for the rebellion at one point, and uh-huh. so that would make a lot of sense. I occasionally saw this this series uh, in around all these different announcements this weekend at D twenty three. I I saw some people referencing this show as the Rogue One prequel. Yeah, and so a lot of people were kind of taking that out of context and saying, why are they making a prequel to a prequel? That that's not what it is. This is this show is not a new announcement. We knew months ago that the show is in the works, and it's more 
intimately being known as the Cassian show, I yeah. guess. So it's just, it, he's going to be the star of it. It's not going to be a Rogue One prequel because it's not going to be about Jin. No. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening in the galaxy at that point. Rebels, it runs concurrent to that. And so right. there are some really cool characters that potentially they could bring in in different ways. I think there's a lot of things that people are not thinking about with this series. Right. And I think Cassian and K2SO, that's just your centerpiece. Is the Cassian show an opportunity to live actionify some of the rebel stuff? Hell fucking yes. So, Although I think the Mandalorian will do it first. Sure. Oh, question. Uh, and I will talk about that next. Is there precedent to bring back Forrest Whitaker and try and do that better? Um, there's precedent because he's in Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. So that's a really good point. I never even thought of that, but I would be shocked if he isn't in it now. Yeah. Now that you put that, he's in Jedi Fallen Order. It works with the character's timelines. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I would be very surprised if he's not in it. That'd be cool. Unless that's he's a really not good... up for it. Yeah, he loves it. Okay. He keeps coming back for Star Wars stuff. Oh, he does? Yeah, he's Jedi Fallen Order. He has like a big part in that. Okay, great. Um, I think he's like kind of the, the rebel faction that... When you the, say Jedi Fallen Order, what... what the video you... game. Oh, okay, okay. I think the, the main character, Cal, I think he finds his way into Saw's rebel faction. Uh, maybe he gets out because it's too extremist. Who knows? Okay. All right. Uh, then there is The Mandalorian. Right, which could have been the biggest thing to talk about, and it isn't. It's, I know, it's not. Uh, great poster. Great poster. I really like it. Well, I don't know. It's a little sunny for me. It's like a little... It's fine. I'm fine with it. But like, it doesn't look gritty. The two reasons why... Like, this poster is a couple things. Yeah. It is to show that this guy looks like Boba Fett. Yep. And it's to show that it's on Tatooine at a good chunk of the time. That's true. That's the big takeaway. Two, sons, two sons. And a face that looks familiar. Sure. That is the reason because they're trying... They, they have no, they've already sold this shit to us. Yes. They're not selling this shit to us at all. They don't give a shit about that. They know they have our money. Right. They're trying to get the wider audience. They're trying to get the people who looked at Solo and said, I can see that later and making sure that they don't. You're and right. see it now. You're right. Um, and by ca casting the people that they have, I think that certainly helps. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, he's confirming, uh, he confirmed that he's playing a high-ranking Imperial officer. Uh, I heard somewhere that it's a former Moth, so that's kind of cool. Uh, it looks like he's potentially in charge of a Death Trooper squad as well. Okay. Because we do see them in the trailer for The Mandalorian. Uh, Favreau uh, on Boba Fett, he said that uh, no Boba Fett will not be in the series. Good. Yes, I'm glad about that as well. Uh, however, Filoni, on bringing back animated characters to life like Ahsoka, his response with a ridiculous smirk on his face oh, great. is, never say never. All right, now not to not to jump the gun here, but we do see a Twi'lek in the trailer. Do we not? Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's not Ahsoka, but... No, Ahsoka's not a Twi'lek. What is she? Um, Does she not look like one? Uh, it, she has the... Weird tentacle things the, coming the out of head her head. The headtails, uh, mantrals, I think they're called. Yeah. I think she's... I think it's Trandoshan. I don't okay. remember specifically. It's the same thing that Shakti is. Um, it's a different species, but those are the two species that have head tails, Twi'lek and Trandoshan. I so didn't they're... realize they were different, but okay. No, a lot of people get them the same because uh, not all of them have the same number of head tails either. Sure. So it's all... I haven't spent that much time looking at Ahsoka because I haven't watched those shows. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but that's really encouraging. However, it's almost a guarantee the first one to come back will be Bo-Katan. Okay. Uh, maybe not the first, but she's coming back. I'd be surprised if she's not. Uh, she's a Mandalorian. She's one of the leaders of Mandalore uh, post their kind of breaking free from the Empire and rebels in that regard and their attempts there. Uh, and Bo-Katan is voiced by Katie Sackhoff. And Katie Sackhoff had no comments with giant grins on her face when asked if she would be playing that role in a live action. And she 
was like, no comment. I can't say it. And she was, it was, she made it so obvious that she would be doing it. So does she have the physicality to play that character in live action or would she just do the voice and some other person oh, would do she the definitely has the physicality of it. Okay, but I don't know what she looks like, and that's unusual for a voice actor. No, Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica. She's just a she's well known actress okay. in the sphere. And but so you know what I mean. The way like oh yes, yes there's yes. different people Ashley doing Eckstein the voice would and be stuff. A great for... Example of that. A lot of people uh, fight over Ashley Eckstein is the voice of Ahsoka. She's always been the voice of Ahsoka, right. and so people have a hard time imagining anyone else taking that role. It wouldn't feel so much like her. It if wouldn't the voice feel was so different. much like that. Like, but I've seen Ashley Eckstein do cosplay of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And if you do a little bit of a lead battle angel by making her eyes a little bit bigger, yeah. which nobody suggested, which I don't understand why, yeah, because why her eyes are big. And yeah. so you just make them a little bigger with CGI. And that will make her enough not like a human that the look, I don't worry about at all in terms of I think she could pull it off. Now, acting chops for a live action, it's a different you're acting set. with your voice versus you're acting with live action is different. And so I, I have no idea on that. But the Katie Sackhoff one, I think, is a slam dunk because they know she's a good actress and she was been voicing the character and it's a Mandalorian character. It just works in every way. And you know they're open to doing this because uh, they brought Ray Park back for Solo, but they got the guy from uh, Clone Wars, right? To do yeah, the voice? Sam Witwer, who right. is just very well known as being like, people fell in love with that He model. wasn't the voice from The Phantom Menace. No, that was, um, he's a British comedian. I can't remember his name. Some guy who's probably a little disappointed his phone never rang. Uh, no, he he trashed Star Wars a little bit. Um, Peter Serafinowicz is his name. Okay. Uh, he's, he's very, very funny. <laughs> he's a very funny guy. But uh, it's a good thing he's out of Star Wars because Sam Witwer, Better probably, he, he knows almost as much as like Dave fucking Filoni about Star Wars. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah, but, he, but just as a fan or is he also like a consultant? Uh, he's been a consultant on any Star Wars thing he's worked on okay. because he knows so much about it. So, for example, uh, they weren't going to have the right lightsaber in Solo. Yeah, but that doesn't seem like you need to be a genius not to make that mistake. No, but it's the kind of thing where he was the one to bring it up and make sure it was changed first. And so he was like, okay, okay no. So at Maul, at this point in the series, he's lost that lightsaber and he lost his second one as well. So the one he's working with now is a broken Inquisitor lightsaber. And so it needs to look like this. People would have noticed that. That would have been... A, he probably wouldn't have been the only one to notice that like before it actually happened mm. on camera. But if it, if it did get to screen, people would have hated that. That it was the wrong lightsaber? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And People so like, are, little yeah. things like that. Uh, and I'm sure every video... He was he was the the in, the embodiment of Starkiller in the, right. for, in the Force Unleashed. Right. Same guy. Did he do like the... The, the mocap. The mocap for yeah. it. Cool. Yeah. So he's been in the Star Wars family f- since he was very... Like since he was like 20. And he's just been recycled for so many different things because he's such a good voice actor. Yeah, it's um, cool when people love their job that much. I think he's actually got a job on Riverdale this upcoming season. He's become, he's his career is snowballing, and so hopefully that means Good for him. he could maybe have a more prominent live action role that isn't just the voice of Darth Maul. But then on that same notion, Ray Park is doing the mocap for Clone Wars Darth Maul. Right. Oh yes, yeah, you told me that. No, like I that's such a cool thing. I'm so excited to see that. Because it's also gonna be Ahsoka versus Maul. There's gonna be a big battle there. But it's going to look physically like Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Which we haven't really seen in twenty years. But that guy's still probably a beast athlete. Ray Park? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh they uh, it was a couple of Star Wars celebrations ago, I think. He went up on stage oh, and someone yeah. threw him a big metal stick or like a lightsaber from the audience. And he was ridiculous. I'm sure. he would. Like, that's the reason why he got the job. How old was he in The Phantom Menace? He's probably like... Very young. Yeah, mid-20s. Um, yeah, him and Ewan got along really well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, th- I think the main reason why he got the job was because he couldn't teach... They couldn't teach it to anyone else. <laughs> that's, he, oh, he, that's right. He was he, the stunt coordinator. Yeah, he, and yeah. he was... Uh, they got Nick Gillard, who uh, was Sindralig. 
uh, different Jedi, which is literally just Nick Gillard backwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and so I think he took over. I think he was maybe the lead stunt guy, but Ray Park was uh, I think it'd be easy character. for people to underappreciate, to not fully appreciate how lucky it is that the stunt coordinator could convey such a, a, physic- a physicality of menace. Like, it's one thing for him to be the acrobat that Darth Maul is, but to, and I know he's wearing makeup and all the, mm-hmm. this prosthetics and stuff, but... Still, the guy is scary. Yeah, and, and he managed to pull that off, and he's not an actor. Yep, uh, shaving his head and just like the mean look in his eyes. Oh, he's an actor, I guess, but he's he's also Australian. That's so right. They could yeah. never use his voice. No, it would no. look. It would have sounded ridiculous. It would have sounded. Bad. All right, Qui Gon. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there anything we can say about the Mandalorian trailer? I've only seen it once, and it was like two days ago. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things uh, as well on here. Uh, Taika Waititi is playing IG Eleven, not IG Eighty Eight. Does okay. not appear that IG-88's in this. We thought he was. We thought he was, but IG-11 looks identical. Right. Uh, Taika Waititi's doing the voice. It looks to be kind of like the main sidekick, the K2SO to the Mandalorian's Cassian. Okay. Uh, and there's some seriously cool badass shots of IG-11 in this trailer, which is exciting. He'll be funny, too, because Taika's funny. Yeah, I think that's yeah. part of the main reason. Um, there's Ming-Na Wen was cast, uh, possibly for season two, because it was just released that she was cast in The Mandalorian. So my guess is, like, some people are saying that she could be in season one, but if she's just being revealed now and Favreau's just getting ready to start filming or has just started filming, it makes sense that she's cast for season two. They've started filming season two already? They started writing it. Okay. And so my guess is, like, the cast, like, if we're hearing about a casting now, it seems way too late to be for season one. Yes. It just doesn't make sense. And she's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then New Mulan, and so she's someone in the Disney family as well. Okay. Uh, Quill uh, is the Ugnaught's character's name, and the Ugnaught is, I don't know if it was confirmed by Lucasfilm, but that's going to be Nick Nolte's character. Oh, right. Okay. And so he's playing an Ugnaught uh, named Quill. Um, and then also in the trailer, just a couple key things from it. It starts out with stormtroopers with heads, like their heads on spikes. Oh, it is so cool. So cool. It is just like, this is like, we are putting the empire to bed. And that's the grittiness I wanted to see in the poster. Oh, absolutely. But uh, there's a couple other things. There's stunning landscapes. And I love, 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 uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, the razor crest, I think is the name of the ship. Okay. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's flying over a couple phenomenal scenic areas it just looks so cinematic and so star warsy and there's a beautiful archway which is so clearly done on the volume which is that like soundstage thing right and it shows just how fucking amazing it is yeah because it's so realistic and the atmosphere the thing i've been asking for the atmosphere is otherworldly okay it is smoky and white Mm. it is not just blue skies yeah i really really like that you have to like it's that it just makes sense that's how atmospheres and other worlds are and you're staying true to it by making so many deserts in space but be a little bit more creative with that shit uh, and so it it makes me excited for potentially the worlds that we'll go see we see him on a forest planet so he's definitely not staying on tatooine either no this is going to be cinematic in a way like we've never seen for a, a serial television show i'm, well, it's I'm the very sure most expensive television show in history is that right yes yeah. is, is it is it 50 million an episode yeah I think the budget was 10 and they were able to bump it to 15. Unreal. Because it was that good. Or maybe they, I think they made cut of a couple episodes from their initial budget as well. I think okay. it's only eight episodes, if I'm not mistaken. That's fine. Yeah. That's plenty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It totally works. Okay. Um, so that's The Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, just um, one other thing. Werner Herzog, or was that Nick Nolte I saw? No, that was Werner Herzog. And okay. he's menacing as hell. He seems cool. And that's the scene I wanted to mention because the classic Boba Fett um, 
arm lasso yeah. that he uses uh, in Return of the Jedi. We see our Mandalorian use it, pulls the guy into the doorway and shoots the, cl- the button to close it and just cuts him in half. I know. It is such a cool shot. It is it, very It cool. is that gritty shot that you want. It is the badass move. Uh, I, I, I can't wait for that scene. I want this guy to be just the coolest. Who was the actor who plays him? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Okay, okay. Who's awesome. Right, right. From uh, from Narcos, Narcos. Uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, and so he's phenomenal. But we don't even know if we'll see his face. No, that's I don't, interesting. I, I don't think we will this season. I think, okay. the, I think we will. I think it'd be crazy if we don't ever see it. Yeah. But I don't think we'll see it this season. And if I, we do, yeah. maybe the last episode. Yeah, they they can't have us learn about a character and never see his face, but maybe he'll keep that under under cloak for a little yeah. while. His name is the Mandalorian. You're on right. Everything. You're and right. So they're really making him mysterious in that regard. So. Yeah, we don't know the character's name. No, he's like on like those little. Uh, that's how we know the name Quill. Okay, is because the Funko Pop had uh, the name Quill, and that's how it works. All right, <laughs> old toys telling us everything. What next? Um. Yeah, there was a thing this week about Lego. Lego leaked something, and not for the first time, they leaked something Star Wars related, which ultimately was harmless. But it could have been worse. Well, let's do it. Let's let's talk. Let's switch to that because it is uh, Rise of Skywalker related. So let's go to the Rise of Skywalker. Okay, uh, and we'll start with that because it's just a really quick one. Uh, Oscar Isaac and Carrie Russell were having a, just a chat, telling a little bit about their characters. Uh, Carrie Russell's character Zori has a history with Poe. Yeah, they've been passed together. Okay, uh, and Zori is definitely a criminal. Yes. So criminal does not mean you're evil, though. No. So she's definitely a criminal, but we also see her in a Lego set. Spoiler alert: flying a Y-wing. So we know she joins the resistance. Right. Be- Sorry. Yeah, Y-wing. Uh, so it just she may have a checkered past with Poe, and it may cause conflict early on, uh, but potentially not, or maybe potentially it causes conflict in that there's a romantic relationship between the two, and that. Poe having a romantic relationship with somebody who's a criminal. Not exactly the above board, although more above board than Ray's friggin' bromance with, or relationship with Kylo, the creepy-ass right. one. You know people want Poe to be LGBTQ. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, they they played on that too as well because yeah. um, I forget what the question was. But yeah, when they were talking about that, the past, Finn, uh, John Boyega made a joke. He, I forget what he said, but it's just something along the he lines of- a bromance of, joke. Oh, just specifically of like, um, I forget what he said, but then uh, Oscar Isaac followed it up with, I was young and experimenting. It's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And so just like indicating that that was the past with Carrie Russell's character. People have, yeah, people have asked asked before, like, is that something that could be in the cards? And he's he's been pretty uh, neutral and diplomatic about it, partly probably because he didn't always know. Yeah. Um, but he I mean, basically said that should exist in Star Wars, which I'm, is true. I'm totally game for it. Um, it doesn't work for Finn, in my opinion. No, it doesn't. Uh, there's nothing that shows that that's a a, no, a gay first character. At Finn, least he could, he could be multisexual in that regard. Well, but. Finn, but yeah, but Finn is the romantic lead for both Ray and Rose. So yes, far. exactly. It so it doesn't work. No, yeah. Um, but that's why you could still do something because I mean, let's face it: the two things he loves most in the world are his X-wing and droid, probably. That's he loves true. his machines. That's true. <laughs> You're so right. Um, but we have a lot of news to talk about with the rise of Skywalker. So, do you want to do the trailer first? Let's do it the poster first. Okay. Then I want to talk about the trailer and I have it up here and we can just like kind of watch it and go through it frame by frame because like there's so much to talk about. Yeah. And I've I, got a little bit of a recap of it all in here as well. And, okay. Fabulous. Um, but yeah. So that poster got a little bit of flack. For how weird the Emperor looks. Looks a little cartoony. He is. Yeah. 
No, he is a cartoon. Okay. The picture of the emperor from that poster is an action figure. What? It is such a mistake. It's it's literally, it's an action figure. It's the official poster though. It's the yeah. official teaser poster. Yeah. Yeah. And they used an image from an action figure and digitally altered it. How and why? I have no idea why they didn't just get Palpatine. It makes no sense. Well, the number of re-edits online with actually Palpatine mm. look way cooler. Well, and doesn't this image imply to us that he will appear in this movie in the form that we most traditionally know him and not just like possessively through some other body? Oh, we will 100% see him in his actual form at some point. I think so, right? Absolutely. There's no nobody will like in order to really cement that it's him, you got to see him. Well, I mean, you can hear Ian McDermott's voice. If you're like a seven-year-old, you don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, and so like a lot of people, even some people thought that uh, the line that Palpatine has in the trailer was Snoke, which is not, clearly not. But like you really need to be clear on those things. And you need to show him face on. Right. Uh, but yeah, they digitally altered it. They closed his mouth. Uh, they redded his eyes. And uh, it looks dumb. It doesn't uh, look great. Uh, it's a shame because everything else in the poster and the conceptual design of the poster is probably my favorite poster since Anakin with Darth Vader's shadow. There's been some really good teaser posters for Star Wars. I looked at a bunch of them, though, and I, I really do have to say, though, besides The Phantom Menace, it's yeah. probably my favorite. Yeah. No, I remember. I, I saw on Reddit, I think somebody put all nine of them up. Yeah. And, and they looked really good. Um Oh, man, that Anakin poster was awesome. It is an exceptional, exceptional poster. Yeah. Uh, but it's a shame because... You could just, there's just so like you don't even need to put his mouth there. Right. If you remove his mouth, it works. Right. And it, but there's so many cool things. The blue aura on the poster. There has to be a reason, Ross. There has to be a reason they didn't call Ian McDermott in for a photo shoot. Oh, I don't. I don't think so. I think it was a matter of like J.J. Abrams is not the one in charge of making the posters. I understand, but um, and so my guess is it was just a marketing team blunder. To use a toy seems pretty outrageous. Yeah. Okay. Is that all we have to say about the poster? Um. Well, what are they fighting on? Uh, I don't know. What are they fighting on? We don't know. Some uh, kind of like bridge, mechanical bridge, right? It looks to be. Uh, some people have pointed out that it looks like the reactor module that Obi Wan was shutting down in A New Hope. Okay. Uh, oh. But wow. that doesn't make sense because it wouldn't be the right Death Star. No, true. Uh, Assuming it's the second Death Star, which you've posited. It has to be. Right. Uh, however, you never know about these kind of things. Uh, it could be something from the Emperor's throne room, a big tower in that regard. I think it's probably got to be a piece of the Death Star. I think we can just assume that. Yeah. Uh, the big like blue aura, though, in the sky or underneath the Emperor, it just links too directly with the aura that the Emperor had when he was thrown down the shaft in Return of the Jedi. Right. And in Rebels, when he's in the world between worlds... The blue smoke is just oozing out around Palpatine. Yes. He's using that same kind of Sith magic. And so I think those are going to be very much related in how this movie plays out. Um, but let's get to that trailer. Okay, let's bring it up here and we'll just kind of uh, narrate through it. Uh, it's uh, it's two and a half minutes long. It just came out like li literally two hours ago as we're recording this. I'm going to try and get this out by the end of the day today. So if you're listening to this in the day it came out, you'll it'll be new to you as well. And so pretty much... As scholarly as Ross is, anything we can say about this is fairly reactionary. Oh yeah, very much. Okay, so let's uh, let's see what we got. It, it starts with I was some streaming. Uh, Good morning, America. This morning. Oh, you were waiting, waiting for it. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Uh, for the first half, for the first minute and twelve seconds, all we get is a bunch of uh, Luke Obi Wan old footage. Leia. 
Han. All of our most iconic Star Wars characters of all time. Yep. The original droids, the original ships, the original celebrations. Yeah, all from A New Hope at the start. Uh, then we move into Empire Strikes Back. Ron Hoth, we see Darth Vader, we see Boba Fett. Then we see uh, the Carbonite. We see... I am your father. I am your father. We see Yoda. Lifting the X-Wing from the swamp. We see the final duel with the Emperor. Uh, we see, we hear, oh, we see a little Darth Maul. That's right. Passed the on all we know. Duel of Fates. We hear a voiceover from Luke Skywalker. I guess that's from The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we see the wilted Darth Vader. Oh, sorry, Vader. no, that's from this movie. Newly minted Darth Vader. We see uh, some footage from The Force Awakens. Reaching out, touching hands. Kylo Ren. It's all about hands, eh? Yeah. A kiss on the forehead. Poe Dameron. The Last Jedi. And so that's all our old footage. What was the... I, I, never, I didn't pick out all the hands. Oh, yeah. That, you know what that... Someone's losing a hand? No, that further emphasizes that Ray is a clone of Luke's hand. It doesn't, it doesn't... It doesn't... No, but it's a strong theory. Yes. And them showing all that focus on the hands, they've shown a shit ton of focus on the hands in the first two sequel movies. That's really interesting. Right. Hands mean an awful lot. There's no question. Uh, what is the the poetic value in showing us all of those old characters and all those old hype. clips? Hype, for sure. And also emotion. Yeah, to show that this is not just closing this trilogy, it's closing the saga. Yeah. It's showing that they're bringing everything into it, um, really making sure that anyone who has been a fan of any part of this sees the finale. Yeah, this is one story you don't want to miss. Yes. very. Right. That's that's a great way of putting it. Right. Okay, so uh, now we're into all new stuff, and we see Ray in the blue and red glow. Well, that's Force Awakens. This there. Christmas, uh, we... Okay, wh where are we here? So this right here, we show uh, on Pasana, we have our heroes with Chewbacca, our young heroes with Chewbacca. This is the first time all three of them have been together on an adventure. Yes, and so JJ also mentioned that they don't separate. Either. Great, that's and so awesome. They, they will have to separate clearly at some point. Talking about Ray, Finn, and Poe. Yes, and but Chewie. my belief is that they probably are not going to be separated for very long or by anything other than space on the same planet. So I don't think they're going to be... It's not going to be nothing like The Last Jedi in that regard. They're looking over uh, this giant celebration of sorts. Uh, it's been called like a festival online. Very reminiscent of the big celebration at the end of Return of the Jedi and the end of The Phantom Menace. Okay. Uh, and so it's just a big party kind of with the Aki Aki, which my guesses are supposed to be like the sand Gungans. Did you say where this was? Pisana. Okay. Okay, because it it just looks like an empty canyon. It looks like it could be the Tatooine that I've been craving. Yeah, it's it's Pisana, which is um, where we see Rey uh, face down the Tie Fighter in the previous trailer. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's keep it moving here. We get a little Leia. Looks beautiful. Yeah. The story of a generation. Now this is great. Pause. Yeah. We get um, a bunch of Resistance ships flying into an atmosphere. Like like dozens of X wings, and we see the Falcon in there, all uh, landing into some kind of aerial battlefield. But uh, from hyperspace. When you look up, there's B wings in there. There's yep. Y wings in there. X wings. So they are getting. They're pulling all the stops. They're finding. There's the Falcon, and then. You haven't pulled it up yet, but there's one more ship to come in, and it is the Hammerhead. Oh, it is. And then conversely, we see on the other side, presumably facing them head on. No. Is, no. I don't think. Okay, so I was going to say this. We see a huge fleet of uh, Imperial Star Destroyers, like uh, an endless into, glad, into the deep abyss distance of Imperial Star Destroyers. I'm glad you said that, because they are Imperial well, this Star is, Destroyers. Well, this is what I was wondering, is if, if this fleet is... Uh, is decimated where have all these ships been where have they come from all the lights are out on those ships yeah they are they're black you're right those are all imperial ships that is palpatine's garage 
Oh, that's so awesome. You're probably right. Yeah, that is right outside the galaxy in the unknown regions. That is what they're looking for in the Death Star. They're looking for the plans to go find hundreds of planet-destroying Star Destroyers. Okay, okay, I love it. You're right, and then we they're all still, too. They're completely still. Yeah. Now, this is something I got to talk about. Yeah. Is uh, not just a Skywalker rising, but it's a 3PO rising. With red eyes. He has red eyes. And we've talked an awful lot about the possibility of, of 3PO containing within him, within him some secrets that lead to the end of our story. Yes. Um, he has red eyes, which usually implies evil, mm-hmm. um, not just within Star Wars, but in general. Um, do we perceive some kind of hacking? So what I've kind of found throughout online, and so there's a chance that this could be the case, um, but in an attempt to either reprogram 3PO, uh, re-upload some memories to him, fix him because something breaks, like something along those lines, but the wrong file is uploaded. Okay. Uh, and then like an aggressive type droid takes his place and so that's he steals Chewie's bowcaster like I don't think he necessarily goes like and he's like attacking the resistance but he becomes kind of like a, a rogue like a, a rogue raging droid okay but like, I don't know if I like but but like in some kind of campy slapsticky way like happened in the prequels or like in a big important narrative way I don't either I don't think they would be that stupid to try and make it anything like one of the worst parts of the prequels Okay, uh, but if but if he, if he contains within him secrets we that are important, that. that can be weaponized by the bad guys. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, though, anymore. Like, it, it's if if that's where they're going with it in terms of 3PO having some... Form, I, 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 re- I really don't know the red eye thing. And if it's really significant, it occurs to me that his red arm in The Force Awakens is foreshadowing this. Yeah, possibly. A lot of people were joking online. Uh Oh, you must not have recognized me with my red eyes. Well, 3PO has some kind of mechanical distinction in every one of the nine movies, no? Um, if you consider the fact that he gets destroyed in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think he has something different about his look in every one. I don't know. Okay. Because The Last Jedi, I don't know if uh, maybe he's all gold in The Last Jedi because he had a silver leg in the original trilogy. Right. Um, I don't know if because if, he gets destroyed in The Empire Strikes Back. So I don't know if there's a difference between Return of the Jedi and A New Hope and The Last Jedi. Okay. But he has a significant element in The Force Awakens, I guess now The Rise of Skywalker and all the prequels. He has red eyes. Okay, yeah. moving on. So that's very exciting. Huge uh, death ray pounding down onto the ground could be something uh, reminiscent of the Death Star. Yeah, likely a a mini less Death Star laser that's been installed on Star Destroyers of sorts. Uh, This big red kind of like explosion uh, really, really makes me think that this is directly linked to when Kylo just body slams that guy in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's kind of a red hue in the background. You mean in the first trailer? In the first trailer, yeah. yeah. And so this makes sense that this is their potential new mass weapon and that it's not blowing up planets, but it's providing some serious destruction that allows for maybe pillaging. Maybe that's kind of the thing. Okay. They don't want to destroy the planets. They just want to wipe out the people. I don't know. Okay, let's see what's next. Man, there's a lot happening. An amazing shot from Ray, where she like boomerangs the blue lightsaber, presumably the Graflex, because we see it intact yep. on her belt buckle earlier in the trailer. And we see it get, her catch it. Um, 
she throws it through a tree and it's daylight. And I don't know if this is training. I don't know if this is combat. She kind of appears to be alone here. She appears to be alone and she has what looks to be a probe droid. Okay. It looks to be a training droid. But she's got she's super intense looking at the same time. She as looks well. angry. Yeah. However, she was also super intense looking when she was practicing on Octo. And she's so, often intense looking, yeah. which is why we comment when she says, "I bypassed the compressor," and she's got so, a gleeful smile because she's not grinning very often, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there could be something that is like making her. Angry I'm not saying that- Ray should smile more, just for the record. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I think there's a good chance that this is a training sequence. Because of the little red orb that's there, um, and what, why else are you chopping down trees? Right. Yeah. So she's not cutting anyone else in half. She's literally just chopping down the trees. We are going to have to do some kind of damage control on what happened to the Graflex, though, in The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. It's going to be repaired, but we saw that what the repair looks like. I guess it's not a big deal. So they, no, it's so they literally, just fix it. They, as opposed to the silver band that used to be what connected the, uh, the activation box, it's now like a thicker black band and the activation box has like a black border to it because it's like essentially but taping it together. Am I not so. correct that Ryan Johnson kind of made a meal out of the destruction of the Graflex? Like it was supposed to be symbolic of some kind of uh, severance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I, th- I think, but I mean, we also don't know uh, based on something that's going to come up here. Like what exactly there could be foreshadowing to go along with that. Okay. Uh, I really don't know. All right. What's the next? What's next? She catches it. Pause. Okay. So Ray has something. Uh, it's interesting. She's got like a red piece of cloth in her hand. Yeah. When she catches the lightsaber. Isn't that weird? Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, and it's also a similar-ish looking thing to what we see later. And yeah. it could also be a throw out to Luke Skywalker's garb in Return of the Jedi. Is he red? No, he wears black the entire movie. Yeah. As soon as he decides and throws away his lightsaber, the flap in his shirt opens up to reveal the white. That's right. To show that he was not turning, that he was good, but potentially the red, maybe she cuts her hand and she's just bandaged it up, but the red is a symbolic tone of what's potentially to come for her. Well, and we will, of course, talk about the the elephant in the room in a second, Mm. but definitely the mirror in this movie with Return of the Jedi is that we're not totally sure anymore about the corrupt the potential of corruption within our great hero. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I don't remember ever being afraid that Luke might turn out to be a bad guy. Well, that's because we grew up. I don't remember not seeing the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. But I also, I don't, well, I'm going to, I, I'll just say, I don't have any concern about Ray turning evil, but no, we, can, we can talk about that in a sec. So we have Kylo walking up, igniting his lightsaber. This is interesting because it is not the same area that we see him walking towards no that's right because he is on ground now what do we think this is is water splashing all over the place he appears to be in some kind of actually he and ray are both here with their lightsabers uh, ignited ignited red and blue they're on some kind of bridge i guess with uh mountains in the background uh ocean spray all around them and it's just chaos it's the death star i think it's the sunken death star kylo's caught up to her and uh you can see just how quickly they're moving the lightsabers, how much lighter they made them for the movie. So you think this is the same uh, bridge depicted on the poster? I think it is, yes. Okay. So, is he wearing his mask there? Nope, he's got his hair flowing in the okay, breeze. Okay, that's an interesting point then. Maybe it isn't. May, is this going to be where the Flash fights is? The Flash oh, fights? Oh, you know what? What? Maybe it's, maybe it's just from Mustafar. Okay. Maybe well, that thing that they're on is from Mustafar. 
You think the they poster. go to Mustafar? No, no, no. In the flash fights. Yeah. What are the flash fights? So it's been very heavily rumored that kind of that sequence you saw, like Ray's vision of the past, yeah, like or of Star Wars moments. Uh, Ky- like I've always thought that Kylo is 100% going to have that in episode nine. I've always said that. Okay. Or I've said that for a while now. The Kylo, we will learn that Kylo has had that vision in the past. He has had one very similar to Ray's. Okay. Um, and so this is kind of supposed to be a combination of them having them together. All right. And so they have their visions together. And so they go, they go through the great uh, epic history of their lineage. Exactly. And so they're having a lightsaber fight. And like, as they're, as they're making contact, we're flashing through different areas. God, that will be gratifying. It will be so gratifying. And so yeah. it's one that it fits because we've set precedent for it with their the way they've had their visions. But potentially that object is not the object they're actually fighting on in the poster. Maybe that's just the visual depiction of what we're getting for that flash. Right. But that doesn't look like one we've seen before. Like this, this water planet they're fighting on is not Mustafar. No, it's not. But who's to say that they're not on the water planet? when the flash fights of Mustafar are occurring. That's true. So I like, I don't, I have no idea uh, what it is, but it intrigues me because he's wearing the helmet and he's not here. It could just be an element of who knows, but I, I, it, it's interesting. Okay. All right. So a little bit of fighting. Let me go dark. And we say Ray with the double bladed lightsaber. Here it comes. Lightsaber. Here it comes. With a very weird looking lightsaber. Like it, it, we see her close up on her face. Her face is very washed out and gray looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see two uh, parallel red blades. And then we pull out and she kind of like shakes her arm. She like jerks her arm a little bit. And it snaps around mm-hmm. and becomes a double bladed lightsaber. Not unlike Darth Maul's. Which mm-hmm. you had heard a rumor on the weekend we were going to see. Yes. Uh, in this trailer. Well, no, it was a matter of I. this trailer was shown on Saturday right. to the D23 audience and everyone had their phone taken away unless you were a reporter. Uh-huh. And so if you leaked it, they knew exactly who it was. Right. And so no one leaked it. Um, but no. everyone was allowed to post about it. Oh. They weren't allowed to show it. Right. But essentially there was tweets from people, Ray has a double-bladed lightsaber. And Now, obviously this is the most compelling thing in this trailer, which yeah. is saying something because it's a great trailer. Ob- ob- obviously it's the yes. clickbait of the trailer. Of course it is. Um, but like a lot of Disney trailers, like a lot of Star Wars trailers, Marvel, the list goes on. What you see is probably not all you get. Misdirection. Probably. So I've got I've got five uh, different things. I want you to, I'm going to list them in no particular order. As theories? I've got, yes. Cool. I want you to order them in terms of likelihood, mm-hmm. with five being least likely. And okay. no, no, with, with. Order them or give them value points? I don't know what you mean by that. Like, are we ranking it out of five or am I ordering them? Rank them. Give me give me the most likely first and then go backward. Okay. okay? So in no particular order is uh, Evil Ray, we'll call her. Dark Ray is whatever he's called. Dark Ray, a vision, a la Dagobah, possession, a clone, a twin, a la Luke and Leia, or time travel. So those are absolutely all the same things that I thought as well. Okay, five things. Uh, time travel, I didn't think of because I don't think there's a chance in hell. Me neither. That's that's also my bottom. It's a hard bottom. Yeah. It's six. But it does exist canonically in Star Wars. Yes. However, they will not leverage time travel in the way anyone thinks. No. The way anyone thinks. If they use time travel, it will merely be Palpatine's... He, he Sorry about this. They will not use time travel. The world between worlds allows time travel. 
they may use the world between worlds, but not for time travel purposes. Okay. For Palpatine staying alive. Yes. That's possible, but not for the sense of time travel. I think there's almost a no chance in hell that that'll happen. Okay, so time travel's a bottom five. But we have twin clone vision and... Um, possession. Possession. So my first thought was possession. Me too. It was the very first thing. She doesn't look like Ray. She like there's like I said there's a grayness in her face. It doesn't that doesn't look like we she, could she could become this so she easily. She looks a little gaunt. She has a steely look on her face and it's it just doesn't seem right. right. There's something off about it. But that also fits with her being a clone or a twin. Sure does. So there's really not a whole lot you can go on there and it also uh, if it's a vision as well. Right. Uh, there's so many things. Now, I'm going to throw in a little bit of information here that changes it a little bit. Okay. So, it was reported by IGN prior to um, the video being released, a description of it. Okay. And the description included the words, a vision of Ray. Okay. It is no longer listed as that. It is now a sight of Ray. Okay, yeah. So, the word vision has implications and they didn't want to... Maybe they were told to move get rid of that word right that's what i mean yeah so exactly so a vision people are really immediately going to dark side cave on dagobah um where this is probably as opposed to yoda showing luke palpatine showing ray right um and so there's potential of that i think when it comes to a vision you could also say it's part of kylo's vision yep uh, i think there's a greater chance that um the Kylo's vision for like what he wants from Rey or what Palpatine wants from Rey? No, I think if it is Kylo's vision, it's forewarning. Okay. In the sense that he knew of he knew Rey was going to turn, and so he, that's the reason as to why he turned. Okay. Like kind of as like a preventative measure. Like if I can be the dark side, I can bring I can curve her back a little bit. Right. But does he want her on the dark side? He does, doesn't he? We don't know. He's afraid of her in a way. He's afraid of her, but he wants to work with her. They're yes. they're a team uh, in that way. But like, and he wants to rule the galaxy with her, but that's just because he's so entrenched in the dark side. He may be lost to the dark side at the moment. Yes. But it may not be his initial intention. Right. Uh, so I think the vision has to go first. I think it's got to be the one that I think is the most likely. Me too. Because of the dark side cave. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, but when it comes to clone, twin, you're more on clone than I am. I. It's interesting because why is there one clone? Right. That doesn't make any sense unless Ray. Oh, this was some, somebody had a, a good theory I saw somewhere online that Ray was a scrapped project. Yeah, you told me about that. Uh, no, this one's just someone I read today. Okay. The, no, but specifically just the first Ray, and then they did it again. And she's the one we know is not the original Ray. No, she's she's the one that, that was a shit one. That one didn't work. Okay. Let's just get rid of her. Right. But they were so wrong, apparently. Right, so that obviously. Could, that's one that could be an option and that potentially the main antagonist that we face in this is the other apprentice of Palpatine, the Ray he's been training for 20 years. So that's possible. Well, and considering he has weaponized clones before through this warrior who was like really good, mm -hmm. uh, Palpatine knows the power of the Force and specifically the dark side of the Force. Yep. He is not above wanting to clone a super darkly powerful Jedi. No, like, I don't of know, course not. I don't see why they wouldn't do that in much bigger a scale than just one other Ray. But that's the thing. Like, are we going to get 
thousands of ray. Ugh, I don't. That know. just seems slippery slope. It does. It seems really like how do you discern? Like that's a lot of identity you're stealing away from this person that we've kind of fallen in love with over the last couple of movies. Right. So it's it's interesting in that regard. I think you need to kind of shift a little bit away. So if it is a clone, I don't think it's going to be in the same sense that we maybe initially thought. Okay. However, I want to bring this up about her lightsaber. Her lightsaber is of the exact same style as the Jedi Temple Guards. Okay. The exact same style. They fold up in half. Uh, the lightsaber is not a familiar looking lightsaber. However, the style of it. Have we seen these folding lightsabers before? That's my point. The folding lightsaber, yeah. only by, only from the Jedi Temple Guards. Okay. So they had double bladed yellow lightsabers and the Temple Guards used those. In what? Canon. Clone Wars, Rebels. Okay. Um, and so specifically, these lightsabers... They've got a little bit of a look to them, and when you look at Ray's lightsaber, it kind of follows that look a little bit. And so it could be a little bit of influence stolen from Palpatine in that regard, because they were kind of like a faceless army, sort of. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Between the twin notion, the twin thing kind of makes some sense. Well, it, that's also a really dangerous slippery slope, because like I like that it is poetically mirroring mm. the idea of Luke and Leia being twins, but... If you're going to resolve this epic 45-year movie saga with, oh, evil twin, yeah. that's that's going to sit wrongly unless you do it right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, some people have brought up the notion of Luke, which was <laughs> one of the worst characters in... Baru? No, no, no. Star Wars history, there is uh, in you Legends... Said it like, you said Luke like Baru does. No, no, no. Luke! I but that's because in Legends, literally one of the worst things in the history of Legends, there is Luke with two U's. Oh, my God. It's okay. cloned Luke. All right. And so cloned Luke by Palpatine is Luke with two U's. And Jeez. so he uses him. So you could just say, as opposed to having cloned Luke, they cloned Rey. And so it's it, yeah. there is precedent. And when it comes to cherry picking legends, they've been doing that a lot. That's not twins, though. That's clones. Uh, that is clones as well. So, so after, after possession, you put clone? Well, that's the thing. Like, possession was my initial thought. Um, and I'm still thinking, like... I'm still thinking probably higher than clone. Okay. I'll go clone than twin. I'll go, uh, that would mean uh, vision, possession, clone, twin, um, time, tra time travel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I'm kind of with you. I, I'm, I mostly am with you. But the vision thing, it could be a vision that Palpatine's showing her, or it could be Kylo's. I think that because there's a couple and it also adds to some extra. And visions have been really prominent in this trilogy. And also, where is she? She's in like a dark, shiny cave. Right. It's in like this weird, weird area that doesn't make any sense. What is she doing? She's just kind of staring into the abyss. Right. She's not. She doesn't look like she's readying. She's for staring a, at us. Yeah. She doesn't look like she's readying a lightsaber. She looks like she's probably staring at Ray or something. And so, it's probably something similar to the Last Jedi cave. Um, I don't know why they're doing that again. Right. That's the confusing thing. Like, because maybe that was because it didn't show her dark side element there. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of things. But you could also like. Luke said you went straight to the dark on the Octo Cave. I've never seen that kind of raw power anyone before since Ben Solo. And so Right, but like the difference between the uh moral ambiguity of Luke um in Return of the Jedi and Rey in Rise of Skywalker is Empire Strikes Back ended with this agonizing revelation for mm. Luke, right? Which could potentially waver his yeah. his uh his place is it yeah his allegiance thank you but ray was very virtuous at the end of the last jedi yep she chose the right path so it would have to be something that would really knock her off her 
her uh, well, her path of the righteous. Which makes sense. Which would be? What's the one thing she wants more than anything in the world? Family. Family. Yeah. If Palpatine's her family, or if he's not her family, he's got nothing wrong with saying he is. That's true. I love so, that. Easy yeah. manipulation in that regard. Yeah. Uh, and I do think, like, the leading contender in my head is that it's another instance of um palpatine's attempts at fucking with the force right and the force responding um by creating a chosen one yeah i think it, it kind of has to be that probably but then you have chosen one versus chosen one it's almost like palpatine gets to watch okay whoever wins i'll take over your body right <laughs> yeah something's got to do away with him forever yeah but potentially like he may have been. He may have been. Cre- like Ray may be created for Kylo. Yes. He Palpatine could have created Ray to drive Kylo the exact same way that Padme drove Anakin. Right. To be to, like so. These visions that Anakin had that kept him up and like made him think Palpatine Pal- Padme was going to die. Palpatine probably had something to do with putting those there. I don't know. Maybe. I, I just think considering he appears to be the great puppet master of this entire nine. Part, and they uh, show it in the series. poster like that. And they do show it like that. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Especially, yeah. Um, I think that cr- just expanding on the menace of Palpatine in this movie is going to create a desire for a Palpatine origin story. It's going to create a, mm-hmm. a, a hunger for a young Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Well, there's potential that we see a young Palpatine. There's potential that Matt Smith is young Palpatine. That's true. That was the rumored role. That's right. Uh, I just, I assumed it was Knights of Ren. And I still want to go with its, um, you know, mesh face. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're more hung up on that than anybody else. Just because it's fun to pick a ridiculously like outlandish thing and be gung ho about it. Sure. You're right. Do you have anything Because if I'm right, I mean, I've been calling it for months. It's, true. <laughs> it's on the record. It is on the record. Anything else you want to say about this trailer? About uh, anything at all? Any other news? I mean, there's a lot of things that you could say about. What that I think it's got to be misleading though when it comes to the Ray part. Yeah. Oh, um, I agree. It just has to be. They're not gonna. Like, Ray, Daisy really was surprised they showed it. Yeah. So uh, that could mean that she was surprised they showed a twist, or she was surprised that they showed something that is potentially setting us up for disappointment. Right. Um, but I think that almost it does almost guarantee though that she will have at least as difficult of a time as Luke did in Return of the Jedi, if not a more difficult time staying on the light. Okay. So there's one other huge thing, and it was from a leaked video that happened on Friday. So it did not happen during the Rise of Skywalker reel that showed Ray's double-bladed lightsaber. It showed a couple other shots, but the only shot that has not been revealed to the public but was still leaked so we were able to see it was a shot of Kylo in a white room Yeah. looking down at Vader's mask in a glass box. Okay. Like the still-destroyed Vader's mask. Yes, not everybody's... I don't know why people aren't talking about the fact that there's a blue aura coming off the mask. Interesting. So that could be Palpatine yeah, inhabiting sh- the mask. What happens with Palpatine's giant blue aura? It goes right into Vader's mask in Return of the Jedi. It does? Yes. It goes right into his mask. You think he made that choice or like they just picked up on it and they decided to run with it? Oh, I think that if that's the case, they've been running with it since 2013. Yeah. I think this is like one of the first concepts they came up with. I mean... Vader's mask in the um, the Force Awakens, like show me again. The well, pow- he's praying to the mask. Yeah, show me again. Yeah, what is this? We're seeing Kylo looking at that mask, and a blue like light is coming from it. Maybe it's showing him again. Maybe, or maybe it's 
a flashback to the first time he saw it. Maybe. And so I, like that scene, it seems huge to me yeah. because Vader's mask, we knew this was going to be a MacGuffin heavy movie. It's got to be that one. It has, it has to be Vader's mask. It, yeah. It's not going to be a lightsaber. It's not going to be, it, it's, it is an object that there's no goddamn reason as to why it keeps showing up. I agree. Vader matters. His mask doesn't. Shouldn't. It shouldn't. Kylo repairs his mask. So maybe there's something in that regard. I don't know. Maybe well, he maybe he melts it down. That would actually be kind of cool to make to fix his mask. Is it possible we find out that um Palpatine when he presumably designed Vader's suit um, in the background of episode three, he imbued it with some kind of force that keeps his subject in evil's line, like to just to kind of remove any concern that that good would overcome Anakin again once he's put on this suit. Well, then how do you explain that he kills Palpatine? And, yeah, because good ultimately does prevail. Yeah, I, that that doesn't then that makes Palpatine weak. Okay. Because that just shows that it didn't work at all. Okay. Um, and that the one time Vader decides to go actually go against him, he wins. True. So it, I don't think it would be that straightforward, but Palpatine clearly had so many contingency plans that the plan around, like, what is that blue light? Am I, it just makes sense for that to have been something that J.J. saw and thought, let's work with that. Yeah. And then what do you go from from there? That blue light, if Palpatine needs to live to be the big baddie, and that was something they decided on before this sequel trilogy, and they see that blue light, there's a lot you can do with that. It only makes sense, like, where's Palpatine's body? We have no idea where his body is. We don't know. But his body's probably not going to be in it. His force ghost or force energy of sorts will be. What's, What's the last time we see of his force energy? Blows up through that. It blows shaft. up through the shaft into Vader's face and into the Death Star as it yeah. before it blows up. So right. it makes sense that his possession is he's either possessing part of the Death Star still, that he infects somebody as they're exploring it, or it's right in that Vader mask. But we don't know what happened to Vader's mask after the celebration on Endor, which was in the fire. Uh yes, correct. However, we don't know how Kylo got a hold of it. Uh, but we also know that like Kylo didn't know his grandfather was Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, until like six years prior to the Force Awakens, right, right before he turns, right. Uh, potentially as he turns, we don't know what was the when he finds out exactly. So it's interesting in that regard. Do you have and, anything else? Uh, nope. Okay, that's else, it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that mask turns out. And it's great that we were able to see that twenty with it. Oh, I know. Show me again. It was perfect. Okay. Happy birthday this Sunday, September first, to Timothy Zahn. Good old Timothy Zahn. You still have an influence on? on oh yeah, you're all the new Thrawn books. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, and they're phenomenal. And uh, I would love to see him get a larger involvement with Dave Filoni in uh, how they bring Thrawn back, because uh, Thrawn is set up for a huge series with Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine. There's a great like and his assistant Eli Vanto. So they've built up some really, really loved characters with huge cliffhangers right. in their stories. And so Dave Filoni and Timothy Zahn are responsible for all of those characters. Right. So let Timothy Zahn take part. 
Uh, for Gotacast 1, uh, Star Wars wasn't the only news-making uh, aspect of what went on at D23 this weekend. No. We got to know a little bit more about what's next for both the Falcon and for Black Panther. So in Star Wars, you got to cast one. Is it going to be Anthony Mackie or Chadwick Boseman? Ooh, great question. Um, happily either. Yeah, me too. Happily either. And, and, yeah. Uh, but I think... I think you could get a lot out of Anthony Mackie. I think you could. I think you could He's make so him a star. Affable. He's yeah. so likable. You could make him the damn star of a trilogy. Um, you make him a Jedi. Don't hide him in alien makeup. He's got a face that can work for Star Wars. Chadwick Boseman does too. Um, and and Chadwick honest, Boseman is classically handsome. He's yeah, yeah. And, but he's he's too much Black Panther at the moment. And yes. Black Panther is so virtuous. That if you're going to show his face, 100% make him a Sith. And he's more established now as a leading man, even yeah. though he's probably been in fewer things than Anthony Mackie. Probably. Yeah. He's been in like six big things and he was the lead actor in all of them. Yeah. Whereas Anthony like Mackie is... Robinson movie and... Uh, yeah. And he played James Brown and... Yeah. Was he in 12 Years a Slave? I don't know. I know Chiatel. And of course, Black Panther. Um, but Anthony Mackie's been supporting in almost everything, which is kind of what's exciting about his his new foray into being Captain America slash the Falcon. Mm. So um, I guess we'll see what we can get from him as oh, a leading man. I think man. it's almost a 0% chance we get either of them anytime soon because of their Marvel connections. No, I know that. I just but, mean we'll see what we get from them as movie stars. Yes, absolutely. But I, I do think Anthony Mackie would be awesome in the Star Wars universe. I'm into that as well. Let us know on Twitter, who would you cast in Star Wars, Chadwick Boseman or Anthony Mackie? You can also let us know anything you might have thought about the first hour of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Anything you might have thought about the trailer for The Mandalorian. Anything you might have thought about the poster or the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker. Any other news that came out of D23 or or anything else Star Wars under the sun. Because, of course, it's endless, especially this week. You can tweet us at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we are together again, may the Force be with you. <laughs>